awesome here with Tony Smirk uh, from the South Shore Wrestling uh, Association. Been officiating for 18 years in Ohio at all different levels. How you doing, Tony? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Hey, man. Uh, I know we've been talking for a little while. Appreciate you taking some time out of your day. I know you're a busy man um, to talk wrestling and about officiating uh, specifically. Well, and, and that's the key is you say I'm busy, but I will always take time to talk about the officiating or the parent side or the athlete side. Awesome. Anytime somebody wants some input or some feedback, I'm, I'm absolutely on board. Anything we can do to improve or grow. Yeah, don't mind me. I'm doing some uh, goofy stuff here on the phone sure. here. Uh, well, we can figure it out here. Let's see. Uh, uh, anyhow, so uh, we were connected through some mutual friends, been talking with officials now for a few months. Uh, at the time we're recording this, none of this has gone live. Um, I was actually just talking to Jared Elfer. I'm so excited to get this thing live, tell your guys the stories, um, and get ready for the wrestling season because it's it's closer than we think. So, you know, we spoke a little bit before this call, just a full disclosure for everyone. But tell me about how you got involved with wrestling. How did it start? Just I know you officiate other things, but let's talk about wrestling. Like, what made you want to be a wrestling official, Tony? Well, the wrestling was a natural transition for me. I, I received a high school uh, a scholarship for Cleveland State University. Wrestling actually saved my life, for, for lack of a better term. But uh, my dad died when I was 15. And um, I could have easily gotten into uh, a really negative group of kids at the school that I attended. But my math teacher was the head wrestling coach. And he really took me under his wing, brought me into the wrestling program. Um, had it not been for him, I have no idea what direction my life would have taken. So uh, ended up at Cleveland State wrestling there for a couple of years, uh, got married, transitioned. But the reason I get into officiating was because I saw officials taking the fun out of the game for kids. And that started back when my kids were young, where officials were, and, and I still see it, unfortunately. What we do, we do for the kids. We do that for the athletes. And I don't care what the age is. But our presence, whether it's on a baseball field or a wrestling mat or a lacrosse or football field, is we're there for the athletes. And if we do anything that takes that pleasure and enjoyment away from them, then we've done something wrong. And so I got into it because I realized how many officials there were out there who were just along for the ride and not really doing the things they should be doing to facilitate the game so the kids could have a good time. Wow. Um, thanks for sharing that. that. That's all news to me. We talked a little bit yesterday. Uh, so you're a Viking, Cleveland State. Um, <laughs> yep. yeah, wow. You know, that's really what we're trying to do here is get people to understand that the people that are officiating these events, first, once you mentioned it yourself, not only make it possible for these kids to have this experience, like, but they're in it for the right reasons. And the people that officiate have a story like you just shared and they want it, they got something out of it. It doesn't, it, who knows what it is, but they got something out of it that impacted their life. At least these, this is how I feel at least, I should say, let me preface it that way. Um, they got something out of, it, out of it that changed their life for the positive. And they just kind of want to hopefully maybe do the same for someone else. Is that, I think that's what I heard from you. And oh, absolutely sums it up. My goal now is I don't know how many years I have left in officiating, but my goal now is to bring new officials into the programs and not just in wrestling, but in baseball. And I do volleyball and, uh, and I do softball. And my goal is to get the young 
maybe athletes in college or maybe even some of the high school athletes who have a, who have a passion for the game, but maybe don't have the skills get set to take them to college or maybe to the Olympics or any, you know, because there's really nothing left after high school for a lot of athletes except the Olympics. And then there's nothing after that. So my goal is to get those guys involved on the officiating side and let them share their passion through an official's perspective rather than just sitting on the sidelines and not doing anything. Well, you're in the right place because um, our goals align there. I mean, that's the whole reason that we're trying to do this. Uh, we realize, and when I say we, I'm talking about the OAC, Jared Upper, um, it's a whole bunch of people I'm working with, Rob Gore, um, it, it, it Drew Blogs, uh, hashtag Blue Drugs Blogs, um, just so many people. And we're trying to advance the sport, but we realize like we have the, some of the best officials ever, you know, but if we don't continue to get new people in to learn from them, then uh, we could be in a, a place we don't really want to be in five to 10, you know, hopefully that long at least. Um, but, you know, without quality officials uh, making quality events, then we don't have quality wrestling. So this is kind of our preemptive attempt to try to get people to understand, like, this is what you can get out of it. Like your, your wrestling story doesn't have to end after high school or after college. And, right. and maybe you achieved all your goals. Maybe you didn't, but there's still more like you can give back. And that impact that you could make is way bigger than any medal or plaque or trophy you're ever going to get. I don't care. Well, maybe Olympic gold and world medal <laughs> might, might be a little different, but you know carries some pretty heavy weight, but yeah, uh, no pun intended. But that's, but yes. but that's 1%. That's 1% of all wrestling. Right. Right. If, right. if they're lucky. Yeah. If you think exactly. That. Everything has to go right. You know? Um, so uh, let's talk a little bit more about uh, before your official, your wrestling days. Uh, what year did you graduate? Where'd you go to school? <laughs> Okay, so I graduated in 1968, and back then, and I graduated from Fairview High School, and back then... Fairview, for our fans that maybe aren't in Ohio or don't know geography as well, where is that close to? It is a western, southwest suburb of Cleveland. Okay, it's, thank you. Uh, it's in that area where Bay Village, Avon Lake, Rocky River, Westlake, at the time, then, we were all southwestern conference. What were your colors, black and yellow? Uh, they were uh, red and gray back oh, then. Oh, red and gray. Now but, they changed they, them to black and red. To, so, okay, okay. Right, trying to get that whole black to intimidate kind of thing. Yeah, so go we, were, we were the Fairview Warriors, um, and, and our colors were red and gray. We were actually wearing three-piece singlets, three-piece uniforms, you know, that yeah, with the tights. buttoned underneath them, the little gray shorts that went over our 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 tights. I mean, it was, it was pretty comical when I think back. Um, and we didn't have a wrestling room. We practiced in a middle school on the stage. You had to roll up the mats and, and so, every night, like roll them up. And every then, night it had to be oh, out of the wow. way. Right. Yeah. And, and even funnier, our very first mat that we started on when I was a freshman, cause that's when we started the wrestling program was a horsehair mat that was put together in sections. And then we put this vinyl cover over it. Oh, so like, uh, so uh, like a, a prehistoric version of what we just saw at the Olympics, right? There's like a, there's two inches under it, then there's a tarp over it. And people right, that don't exactly. watch international wrestling are like, what is going on? I don't see, you know, the gaps or the tape, right? So, yeah. okay, I, I got some yeah. kind of picture, but okay. So you started your freshman year, horse, yeah. uh, horse hair We mats. started the program. So yeah. uh, we did not have a wrestling program at Fairview High School or middle school or what we call now the Biddy and the Youth Program. Um, and we only had one division back then. Yeah. And 16 so bracket? A, double A, triple A, or one, two, three. Um, it 16 was all. 16 so had, bracket? Yeah. It was, so, it was, four, there were four districts in Ohio. Okay. Ours happened to be Mid Park up here in the north. 
that's the district that I had to get out of. And on my senior year, I was fortunate enough to make it to uh, St. John's Arena, which is where we had our uh, where we had our state tournament. One second, though. So the North was that East and West combined. Then, so yes. one division, the entire North District, which is just right. for the for the existence of wrestling, yeah, the toughest yeah, place. Because there weren't a lot of uh, wrestling programs in Ohio back then. Maple Heights was the dynasty. Yep, and they're in the North. Milkovich, yeah, dynasty, and they were at our district, of course. Um, so it was back then, like uh, like St. Edwards had been for a while. You know, you you automatically assume Maple, wow. Maple Heights was going to have one of the top four places, and then the rest of us were fighting for the rest of it. Wow. So it was it was, but it was cool. But when we got to Columbus, we knew that the top sixteen wrestlers in the state, not in each division, but the top sixteen wrestlers in each weight class, were going to participate in the state tournament. And I think that changed pretty much quickly after that where they started going to either division a but like yeah but play. then it was like an eight-man bracket though like right when they, so i mean it's it's kind of the same but not because everyone's in one right like the oac right. essentially right. what you said is you made the final 16 in the toughest tournament in the state right with the toughest kids right um yeah so tell me about uh, st john's so that's where the Buckeyes used to wrestle before the cavelli center so tell me about your experience there Oh my gosh, it was, well, it, and we talked a little bit about it yesterday. I remember there were only two guys that made it out of our conference, which was Bay, Avon Lake, uh, Westlake, North Olmstead, uh, Avon was there, Fairview Park, Rocky River. Out of that conference, there were only two of us that made it to the state tournament, myself at 138 pounds and Rick Zalaji from Bay Village at 175. Okay. And we kind of hung together because we kind of knew each other coming out of the conference and the sectional tournaments and districts. But when we walked out of that tunnel to that crowd of people, and, and, and remember the people we're looking at now are, are there representing multiple schools from all over the state, not division one, two, three, or ABC. It was every school in the state was represented by those 16 athletes in each weight class. Nice. And when we walked out of that tunnel, I looked up at Rick and we, I don't think we took five steps out saw the mats out there in the crowd and I said Rick what the hell are we doing <laughs> and, and, and both of us looked at each other like we're not even sure if we belong here and of course we knew we did but it was just so overwhelming so so mind-boggling my high school record was 38 and 3 wow I wrestled 41 matches in my high school career so at, at a varsity level yeah. so it was crazy and and today we have kids coming to the OAC state tournament with getting their hundredth win at the OAC, uh, OAC grade yeah. school tournament. Yeah. And then in you seventh got people, and eighth grade. You got people in high school with like 57 to 61 matches. And uh, you can probably blame that. Uh, my dad, Jude Roth, uh, <laughs> when the point system went into effect, uh, you know, we're not math people by, by our own admission, but he, he got quickly figured out, you know, for four points, I could get 10 matches. Um, and in two days, so sure. why, why wouldn't we do that? And then like our, our tournaments will go to the, you know, Top Gun, uh, Midwest Classic and stuff like that and meat grinder. But now it seems that's kind of status quo for everyone now in the high school level. Sure. I mean, it's, it's, it's brutal, but um, so uh, just tell me about like your experience. Cause you already said, Oh, sm Holy smokes. Uh, what are we doing here? Like, Tell me about your state matches, your experience. What do you remember about being on the big stage um, as a competitor? Um, well, the good news for me was, A, I never heard my coach. 
when I wrestled, I would be I would be extremely nervous and terrified. And and look, I was blessed. I was a decent wrestler for the few years that I had the experience I had. But I used to work out at John Marshall High School after my wrestling practice at Fairview because my brother had friends there. That was the Gene Gibbons era for those of you who remember wrestling. All right. Yeah. In the uh, in the conference, Gene Gibbons was the coach here forever. So I used to go there. So I, I I was very fortunate to be blessed to have some opportunities. But I remember my first match. Um, I was so scared, and I wrestled a kid from Toledo named Collins, uh, Toledo St. Francis, and they had signs all over the facility, Killer Collins, Killer the Collins. Nice. The nice. So I'm going out there going, oh, man, am I, am, am I in for it, you know. Uh, had a good match, ended up beating him, won my first round match, um, had a great time. I was terrified, but once the whistle blew, everything else became secondary. I was out there doing my job, so I, I was doing pretty good. My coach learned not to try and yell at me because I never heard him. <laughs> I was I was in full focus mode to just go out there and, and do my job. So I had a ball. I ended up winning my first match, uh, won my second match. It was a close match, but I ended up winning it. And then uh, I got hurt in my third match and ended up defaulting. Um, oh, in the semis? Before. You got hurt in the Going semis? In the semis, yeah. All right. So then uh, you, did you default out then? I did. I defaulted right. out. I, I ended up, it was, uh, it was a fluke, um, but I, I, I got a, it was a real short snap down. We were wrestling on our knees and I was not familiar with that because nobody in our area ever no. wrestled from their knees. No. And it was a, it was a wrestler from Kenston. I remember all these years. Oh, later. bombers, the bombers. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Jeff Arney. Okay. Yep. Cause, uh, cause you remember those things, you know, yeah. it was only one of a few losses that I sustained and, and, um, he snapped me down. And I mean, I hit the mat, had no idea what happened at that point. And I, I may have, I don't know if I passed out or was unconscious or just stunned or whatever, but he immediately turned me over and pinned me. It was just, it happened that quick. And so, um, and then, and there was, the coach only, was upset. Yeah. Like he knew I was hurt, but you know, it, it was, a, you know, it happened. I have no regrets. Yeah. yeah I mean, he, he may have beat me anyway, who knows, but um, it happened pretty quick after that. So I was okay with it. Yeah. But that night I couldn't move my head. I couldn't move my neck. Everything was sore. Yeah. And my coach did the right thing and said, you know, we're not, we're not going to let you wrestle. Yeah. Well, you know what, uh, back then, uh, you know, I, I, we obviously weren't as aware of head and neck injuries either. So that was the right decision. I mean, I get to work at these OAC, right? So you're talking seventh, eighth grade and below um, events. And, you know, I always talk to the parents or, or the coaches or the coaches slash parents and say, look, you, you know, it, you're in fourth, your kid's in fourth grade. Like we got to look out for their safety. No one's getting a, you know, Tom Ryan's not here giving out scholarships today. So let's, uh, you know, let's just say we had a good day of wrestling, go home, <laughs> recover. And yeah. when it's appropriate, we'll get back on the mat, you know, like let's put things in perspective, I guess. Uh, and I try and do that when I officiate, uh, particularly in wrestling, but in all sports, if, uh, if an athlete gets injured on the mat and, and we're doing these youth tournaments or, or the middle school tournaments, um, if somebody gets hurt, my first concern is to make sure they're okay. Yeah. This is just a wrestling match. And this, these are, these are just situations where look, they've got a lot of life ahead of them. This is one match in a career. You know, they're, they're 10 years old, nine years old, 11 years old. Let's take care of them as children first. And then we'll worry later on about them being athletes, but yeah. we really need to take care of them. Amen. They got a light, a lot of wrestling life ahead of them and a lot of just life, you know, and I, and I say yes. just, but I don't mean it that way. I should probably said it the other way. Um, so I just asked you about your, your state experience and, and your memories there. 
let's hear about your first time on the mat wearing the whistle. Your first match cut loose, right? No mentor anymore. You passed the test. You're you're an official. Do you remember your first match? Do you remember where it was? Do you remember how you're feeling? Anything like that? It's funny because I, I do remember it very specifically. I was at Westlake High School. It was a junior varsity match. And um, I think my first match was maybe, and back then it might've been 103. I don't remember what the weight class was. It was 18 years ago. Yeah. Uh, actually, it might've been 98 pounds. 98, I know that weight. Uh, my, dad, my dad <laughs> okay. was a 1978 state champ at that weight. Oh, and, wow. In the okay. smallest division, yeah. Yeah, it's funny, his senior year, he weighed 98 pounds soaking wet, so. Uh, <laughs> um, but it was a 98 pound match and I remember being nervous and scared but also you know I, I was older at that point I mean I didn't come in when I was 18 years old I started officiating in my 40s quite honestly almost almost in my 50s actually and um, I was I was mature as an adult but I was very immature as an official if that makes sense it does, so it does. I mean it's, it's a skill right and with any skill you got to have practice and you have to like implement everything you've learned. So you could know the rules like the back of your hand, but if you don't have the mechanics, uh, at least this is what I, I was official for a very short time, but if you don't have the mechanics, that makes everything way tougher. If you yeah. don't have the experience of, you know, the first time a call's challenged or, you know, sticking to your guns, right? Uh, yeah. uh, coaches can smell fear or uncertainty on people oh. and they'll lean into that, right? So, Absolutely. sorry, I, I interrupted, but yeah. no, no Wesley, it's okay. Yeah, it was a JV match. It was uneventful other than uh, Ray Anthony, who is a state interpreter in Ohio uh, and part of the uh, Greater Cleveland Wrestling Officials Association, which I also belong to. And he's the interpreter for that association. Um, Ray was at the match because he knew it was my first match and there were several of us there. And um, I was actually just getting broken in. It was my first match. So I very vividly remember being as close to those kids as I am to my computer right now. I mean, I could have reached out and touched them, feeling like, oh, well, I've got to be right here so I can see everything that's going on. Well, of course, I got kicked in the knee because I was in too close, went down, you know, still blowing my whistle, still trying to make sure everything's, you know, I'm doing things by the book. We finally got a out of bounds situation and I limped back to the middle and, and Ray comes onto the mat, first to make sure I'm okay. And second, he says, Tony, relax and back up a little bit. Because <laughs> if you don't, you're gonna get kicked again. So, you know, it was nervousness and it was the fact that I'd never done it before. I didn't know where I was supposed to stand. There are so many things they try and teach us as an official, but there are some things that you learn automatically just by experience. Yeah. And one of those things was how far away from the action do I need to be? And I was too close, you know, yeah. but that was the only time- Lesson learned, right? The St. Mary's <laughs> tournament, uh, at St. Mary's High School several years ago, I got kicked in the head, thinking I was anticipating everything, uh, and I was down trying to make a fall call, and uh, they did what they weren't supposed to do. They went the wrong direction in this pinning combination, and I think it was an experienced wrestler with a, with a well-experienced wrestler, and he went the wrong wrong way in my mind. I knew where I was where I yeah. thought I should be. Yeah. Where the odds are that you didn't see that coming that way. You look for the expected action, yeah. right? Well, he came around and he, he kicked me right in the head and I just rolled over. I, I didn't pass out, but but it caught me right in the temple. And so, um, you know, lesson learned. I made sure not to expect the expected and look for the unexpected. You, Even, you were you okay know, though? 15 I years mean, later. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, but those, it, those know, Sandusky St. Mary's wrestlers, I'll tell you, I don't, I don't it know. It wasn't a St. Mary's kid. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
was that D3 duels and it's a great tournament. Oh, yeah. D3 duels. That's solid, man. That, that That's tough. Some one. good wrestling there and some good officiating. There's some great officials I get to work with. Yeah, I mean, if you look at that tournament over the years, I'm a little biased, but St. Mary's had some really solid teams. And then right when they're phasing out, Monroeville, and then not too far, far after Edison, like every year there's a powerhouse there. Yeah. And then you got like West Jefferson and, you know, Colin Moore, uh, who's, you know, representing the U.S. At, you know, like he wrestled there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's, Logan there's Stever wrestled there, Hunter Stever. Oh, yeah. Sorry, the uh, Monroeville Chris kids, right? The Monroeville four. Yeah. The I Saris mean, and Stevers, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, and uh, a surgeon one year from uh, Antone from uh, uh, oh, Troy Christian. And they want, uh, Tome went on to wrestle, I think, at Army. I'm not sure. I know Surgeon went and wrestled D1, D2, or D3. I know he wrestled after, but that tournament uh, had some great matches um, for sure. So, did you? Uh, I'm wearing, first of all, I'm wearing this this awesome shirt. I was going to say goofy because it is a little different. Um, but uh, Stalemate Street League was this weekend. Are you familiar with Stalemates? No, I'm not. Okay. This like guy, that. Zach Vogel from Iowa, awesome. Started up this wrestling coverage, and it's like different coverage you've never had before. Kind of like, uh, more journalistic and just saying this is what happened in wrestling this week you know this is my opinion on it and that kind of stuff uh he held a, a live uh event in iowa and actually some uh, ohio boys that you may you probably officiated before like sam white from perry he, he wrestled um yeah. in one of the matches i'm missing so many other people are uh he's the neon tiger by the way at neon tiger on twitter but uh pretty cool but the officials they wore this shirt this, really like yeah instead of the stripes they were, this was the, the official shirt. So I had to get one because I love barbarian apparel and I thought that's pretty cool to see some different stuff there, but um, I digress. So you've officiated for 18 years. Uh, there's probably more than one, but one of, what's one of the most memorable matches that you got to officiate that you look back on and you're like, wow, I had the whistle in my mouth for that match. Wow, let me think. That's a tough one because I've done, I did only my second district last year over yeah. at, um, at uh, Perrysburg. Oh, Joey Blaze was there. There's some good yeah. wrestling there. Yeah, that was some great wrestling there. St. Ed's was there. Yep, uh, Perrysburg and St. Ed's are going to strong team. battle these next few years. It's That's a tough one because I had a couple of great matches there. And Illyria was there. And we had um, Nate Burnett, who had a great tournament there. And he's at uh, Pitt now. I no, that's Mick. I'm not sure where Nate's going. Clarion. Nate's going to Clarion. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Right. So it's hard it, it, more in recent times because a lot of the matches I get, well, I, I will tell you, I've been blessed to do a lot of championship matches in the OAC tournaments Yeah. Out, out of Cavelli more recently in the last six or seven years that we've been out there. And I've had some great matches there. I, I really, I'd be hard pressed to pick one and say, that's, you know what? That's really fair. And that's the polit politically correct answer. <laughs> so good job, Tony. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but you know, uh, to your point with Cavelli, um, I was away for a little while. I remember, I think I was a freshman in high school when the OAC started. Uh, I'm pretty sure, yeah. And it was in Sandusky at a junior high, right? And then, it? yeah, is that the, the Jackson Athletic Complex, we called it, but it was actually Jackson Junior High for Sandusky High. <laughs> four mats, <laughs> four mats, we crammed them in there. Um, then a few years later, they moved to the Marion Fairgrounds, then they went to Kent. Uh, Cleveland, uh, Steubenville, and then Youngstown for, you know, I think 10 years, maybe. I'm probably wrong on that last date. 
but I've only been to like four of them. And I'll tell you what, the ones that I've been at, it's so cool. I can't imagine being an official, but like, it's so cool. Cause I get to videotape and interview kids, uh, when, when the, 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 a plus star uh, Zeb's too busy, so you know they call in the reserves for me. And uh, but uh, nonetheless, I get to watch these wrestling matches with a really, really good seat in the house. But as an official, you guys, you have the best seat in the house, but you also have so much. I don't want to say pressure, but I mean, there's I think that uh, fits six thousand people, and they're all close. It's not oh, yeah. like it's a shot. Yeah. It's, it's not like it's at the shot, right? Like, yeah, I mean, if is. you look at the picture I have up in the background, that is Cavelli Center. And you can see the stands are full. And I'm pretty sure that's a semifinal round, not even a final round. Yeah. So you can see there are a lot of people there. So, yeah, you're you're performing in front of a lot of people. Um, again, so it's that same thing that when I was a competitor is as an official. Once I start the match, everything else is out of sight for me and out of mind. My focus is on the, you know, the four and a half minutes I have to commit to each match and making sure that each wrestler gets the best official that he deserves on the mat for four and a half minutes. He gets he gets the best that he's entitled to. And that's only fair, I think, for every match we do. And I think most of the guys that work there, I think they have the same mentality. Our job, we got no dog in the hunt. We don't care who wins, but we want the best wrestler to win yeah. based you on want, his performance that day. You want a fair match that's safe and hopefully uh, eventful, but uneventful, if you know what I mean. I mean, that's... Right really what what the goal is um i gotta ask did you watch any of or much of the olympics that uh, the last couple of weeks do you watch freestyle or folk style or greco or anything? i kept looking for it and I, I maybe it's because i don't have the right you know programming for my cable but i kept looking for matches i saw nothing for the olympic wrestling at all well uh, it was really odd hours uh unfortunately so i think it started not i think I, I'm so glad I'm getting sleep now um, because it was from <laughs> 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Uh, and it started at 5.30 a.m. Oh, well, see, that's know. why. It never occurred yeah. to me that maybe I was, I just assumed they would do some type of, you know, repeat broadcast. That's oh, wrestling, man. We almost got cut eight years ago. <laughs> so right now we're lucky we get to compete in six weight classes, let alone the 10 that we should have. Um, so then, okay, so that that's just my question a little bit. Um as you know, from our conversation, you know, we're planning to do one of these at least once a week um, with a focus on really putting the spotlight on the officials, telling their stories, telling why, you know, they officiate. Um, but the other thing we want to do is, you know, the OHSAA, the National Coaches Association, they do a fantastic job of getting um, the new rules interpretations, the new focuses for the season out to most coaches, right? Um, they do everything uh, they can within uh, their powers. But uh, in my belief, you know, us as coaches have a responsibility too. Like we should seek out that information and we should uh, pass that along to our competitors. I get to coach junior high. So speaking from that lens, and we're going to do some stuff closer to the season about the new focuses and everything, try to break that down too. Um, so, you know, whoever watches, uh, hopefully they don't call you to the head table for a silly reason when you're just enforcing like what they should know is going to be called this year. Um, but with that said, are there any rules in folk style that you think should be reconsidered or changed or you think would make the sport more exciting or more understandable to like the common viewer who, you know, didn't wrestle at the state tournament like you did or, you know, wasn't raised <laughs> around wrestling like I was? 
Um, you know, a parent that's, you know, their kids just starting out maybe in fifth grade or something like that. Uh, what's a rule that you think might be confusing to the common viewer? Well, I think stalling clearly is the, is the toughest rule that any official can interpret. And of course, you know, depending on if you're the offensive or the defensive wrestler, your perspective on stalling is going to be different. And it can even be different in the same match. If my guy is on top, you know, I want the bottom man working. And if my guy's on the bottom, I want the top guy to do something to try and make me, you know, get on my back and give up points. So it is perspective. But I think stalling is one of the toughest ones. Uh, I don't know how you can change that rule, unfortunately. I think college has done some pretty cool things. Uh, they have that drop-down rule where if you if you go down on the ankle, you have five seconds and you're called for stalling immediately. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a great rule. I think that gives you something concrete to work with so that, and, and look, we have a lot of guys who like to, to just ride that ankle. The dilemma we have is that in Ohio, we don't do a good job of teaching wrestlers how to ride. We aren't preparing them for college. All right, hold on one they, second. I, I love uh, what I'm hearing and I've got questions. Uh, I just want you to know, keep going because you're preaching to the choir right now, but yeah, we don't let them wrestle on the bottom. Yeah, we actually discourage that. We want them to go takedowns and, and kick them out. We want that technical fall. We want that major decision. We're not working toward a fall anymore. And we're not working to prepare our athletes for the college level of wrestling. And you look at a state like Pennsylvania, and, and I've officiated in both states because I will go to the border and I'll have, it was funny, I had Conneaut in Ohio versus Conneaut in Pennsylvania. And, and it was amazing to talk to the coaches as I was making calls on stalling. Uh, and they're like, well, how can you call that for stalling? Well, because he hasn't made any attempt to score points. He hasn't made any attempt. Well, you know, in Pennsylvania, we don't do that. We want them to ride. We teach them to ride. We teach yeah. them to control. Welcome to Ohio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I don't, I don't, I think we're doing them a disservice there. So stalling, I think we have, if we could do some concrete things like college did with the ankle. Um, the other thing I think I'd like to push out rule and freestyle. If we could get something uh, in place that says, and, and college has a great program for that as well. You know, if a guy backs out, the official has three choices. We either have action, the offensive wrestler is stalling, or the defensive wrestler is stalling. Those are the only three choices you have in making a call. Yeah, so that seems to see pretty, something like that. You know? That seems pretty clear cut. And I know it is. implementation is tougher than talking about it. But, you know, if you're a halfway decent wrestler, you know where you're at on the mat. You know, yes. I mean, granted, maybe mats would change a little bit, give you kind of that danger area, like in the freestyle, if they went to the push out, but they don't do that in college. Like it's your responsibility to know, are you moving forward? Are you pushing the action? Um, I love that. Uh, a lot of people have been talking about the push out rule. Um, and then, you know, for riding on bottom, you know, we talked a little bit or riding on top in the bottom position. Um, you know, in Northwest, Northeast Ohio, Northern Ohio, pretty good history of wrestling. Uh, Central Ohio, awesome history. Southern Ohio, awesome as well. But if you look at that, the officiating, where they, you know what I mean? In, in Northern Ohio, unless you're on the total East or West, it's Ohio based. And if you look at the powerhouses, Cleveland and Toledo, right? So Central Ohio, right? So they're always, unless they travel out of the state, getting Ohio officials, which is great. Um, but if you're like in sub, southeastern, you know, or southwestern or southeastern more so, you're wrestling West Virginia, Pennsylvania. It's a, you don't know the officials you're getting, and it's kind of hard to like, all right, what's the rules of the game I'm playing, right? Because if we're calling things different, um, I always say, give me goalposts, right? I know if the ball goes through the goalpost, that's a win. 
it goes outside it's not right but right. when you're wrestling with a different official with a different mindset of how they officiate now not only are you trying to wrestle your match but you're trying to wrestle their match and so if you're four years let's say your high school years are your formative years i think we can all agree on that are just wrestling neutral <laughs> never getting to work a turn or whatever and then you go to college and it's like i gotta learn a whole new style of wrestling right let alone maybe learn freestyle if i want to you know haven't been practicing that you know in freestyle season locking hand season so i think you have a really good point and uh that's one of these things like you got to have these discussions to try to get to parity right and kind of everyone start understanding uh this is what we should do for the best of the sport absolutely agree awesome yeah i went on uh, my soapbox i'm going to step off real quick um it's okay but you mentioned what other sports do you uh, are you an official umpire or a referee for i think that's important to I, know. I do i do baseball I, and I do every level. I just got back from Cooperstown. I did three out of four weeks for 12U tournaments there, 12-year-old baseball players. Uh, they do 12 weeks uh, of one-week tournaments. So I was there three out of four weeks to do those tournaments. I, I have a ball. I yeah. just I, I connected with a team from Hawaii. Uh, two years ago, I connected with a team from Australia. Uh, uh, four years ago, I connected with a team from Venezuela. I mean, it's just... It is so cool. And it's an experience for me as well as it is for the kids. And I do everything I can to make that experience a once in a lifetime thing for them. So I do baseball. I do it all the way up to, I do on Sundays, I do uh, wood bat leagues. It's, uh, it's adult male, you know, adult men, wood bats only. And they're college guys. There's guys that are over the hill, but still love to play the game and everything in between. And so I continue to do that. And then I do a lot of high school ball. That's awesome. Hey, Tony, you know, in getting to speak with uh, several other wrestling officials and a few more this week, too, so far there's been um, like a trend that I've noticed. It's, you know, they're not just, you know, not, I hate the word just. You, you don't just officiate wrestling. Uh, you do other things, too. And to me, that's about service. Like the thing that I'm so far I'm picking out up from these officials is they like to serve and give back. Um, and it's, it's really refreshing because, you know, as a coach or back when I was a competitor eons ago, um, you know, you look at the official and you're like, oh, that's the guy that could maybe cost me the match, right? But really the case is not if I put up enough points, like there's no way they can cause me to lose if I can take the match into my control. There's no way. I, gosh, I just right? had this conversation with right? another official. Take it out of the official's hands yes, and just absolutely. make your job easy. But, yes. but I digress. Like, you know, I said this to you on the phone yesterday, and I truly believe this. I don't think any coach or official or anyone wakes up in the morning. They're like, you know what, coach, right? I'm going to go argue with the official on the third match of the day just because I'm in a bad mood, right? Just the same way an official doesn't wake up and go, you know what, I'm going to mess up the 132-pound weight class today by uh, throwing a wrench in the two seeds plans. You know, like, it, it's just ridiculous. And so you guys take a lot of gruff and... uh and that's probably why, you know, we don't have as many officials as we need. We have a shortage right now. And that's why we're talking about this important uh, topic. But I guess in closing, if anyone's watching this and they've stayed tuned for the 45 minutes we've been talking about wrestling and officiating, what would your elevator uh, pitch be to someone considering becoming a wrestling official or an umpire or, uh, you know, a linesman or anything, any sport? What would your your elevator pitch be to someone uh, considering officiating? Um, I guess I would say this. If you have a passion for a sport, 
and you're not worried about making money at it because we really don't make a lot of money doing what we do. But if you have a passion for a sport and it has somehow impacted your life and given you some pleasure, some gratification, some some strength, some some life lesson, then think about officiating. Think about taking that energy and passion and commitment that you have and offering that forward and backward to the children who are coming up, to the athletes who are coming up to become athletes and make that commitment because without us as officials, what you had is not going to exist for the next generation. I think exactly. And that's the drum I've been banging. Um, I don't think people realize we're very blessed to live in Ohio. Uh, we have a really great, I'm going to go to wrestling right now. We have a really great tradition of wrestling excellence, but none of that could have ever happened without the first official that said, I'm going to officiate wrestling matches. And then the people that followed them. And uh, I think that we all lose focus of that because we just take the sport for granted. Um, and during COVID, I really realized how much I, as a coach and just a fan, took everything for granted. But then when I got to go back, and I don't care, tell me I have to wear a mask to sit in the corner, I will wear a mask. If I get to coach and get to be around wrestling, I'll put a hazmat suit on. I don't care. Like, I, I need to be around that. And so hopefully, as, as hard as it's been the last 18 months plus, you know, that we all remember that appreciation and um, give the officials some of that appreciation as well, because without you guys, none of it happens. So, um, and I mean that from my heart and I truly uh, appreciate your time, man. And uh, we've been working on trying to set this up and it's so good to be able to connect. And I hope, you know, I get to be at tons of tournaments this year and see, uh, you know, every weekend or every other. Um, so thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Anything in closing you want to say um, just about officiating or about your wrestling story? Well, I, I guess I want to thank you. I am flattered and honored that you even asked me to do this. I have a passion for officiating, not just wrestling, but baseball. I do volleyball. Uh, I retired from my career, my job, eight years ago. What was, uh, what was your career? I'm sorry, I should ask her. I was in the automotive industry. Okay. I was a sales manager and regional manager uh, 40 years wow. and thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that. But, but the time came. And so I was trying to set myself up for being able to do college level officiating when I retired. So when I, when I was, before I retired, I was breaking into the college level for wrestling and volleyball. Um, I couldn't do it for baseball. It just didn't work out for me. But I guess I would say um, to those who are watching, please think about giving back to a sport that maybe gave something to you, regardless of the sport, because we are in need of officials I'm 70 years old. I think the average age in our association is probably in the 60s. I think you need to understand that if, if we start to retire, the quality of officiating is going to diminish because there, there will be some newcomers and then there won't be any officials. So please consider uh, taking that opportunity. Things are much better now than they used to be for the officials. Uh, the venues are much better. The, the uh, scheduling system is much better with the arbiter system that we all use please give it a thought. And there are folks like myself, reach out to me. I would be happy to mentor you. Uh, again, I only do the three sports, baseball, volleyball, and wrestling, but there are mentors who would be willing to help you. Take that step. Just give it a shot. If it's something you have a passion for and don't think you're not good enough, everybody isn't good enough. We all started with our first experience someplace. You all got to start somewhere. So right. please do that. Give that a thought and reach out to the veterans like myself who are happy to mentor you and work with you.
And Tony, uh, you mentioned college wrestling. I, I, you're going to be doing some of that this year again, right? I am. I'm actually, I'm actually entering back in. Uh, some situations occurred where I had to back out a couple of years ago. There's a new association forming at the college level, and I've been asked to be involved in it. And I'm flattered and honored again. Uh, so I'm excited for that to happen as well. Well, you deserve it, man. You, you deserve that for sure. Um, I'm going to connect with you offline. I want to know so I can tune in if I can or if it's here in Ohio, you know, if it's, you know, within an hour, I'll be there in person because who doesn't want to see some wrestling? So, uh, yeah, man, stay online. I want to uh, connect with you after, but thank you for your time. Really appreciate it, man. Thank you. I'm, again, I'm honored and flattered to be here. Thank you. One second.